Hi, everybody. It's that time again. Believe Sports Biz Sports Media. Also heard on pod clips around the world. You can email us at sportsfred at aol.com, sportsfred at aol.com. Art Source is back in Pennsylvania. I'm on Mars, of course. Art runs Galaxy Sports, former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans. And uh, first thought in my mind was uh, last uh, week's uh, Kentucky Derby was most exciting. No question about it. Now we find out that Rich Strike will not be running in the Preakness next week. I think uh, the trainer and the owners made the wisest decision for the horse. Horse wasn't prepared to run in the Kentucky Derby. It was a miracle at 80 to 1. He won the race. I don't think you put him back that soon. Instead, you wait for the Belmont, a longer race. A horse that comes from behind might do better in that race anyways. Art Source, you've been known to bet a shekel or two at the track. Your comments about uh, everything in the world of horse racing. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, Sonny Leon did a great job for starting out so far to the outside of the 21 slot, getting that horse to the post, and then seeing that that middle open up like the, you know, the, the Red Sea. What a great job, and what a horse. I mean, if he hit that horse one more time, the, the, uh, the people were going to get mad, I think, because that horse responded. The horse showed so much fury. I mean, to go from not even being in the race on Friday – to, to that performance was great for racing. And I'm sure that the casinos made a lot of money because a lot, I think they said 400 million bet legally, not illegally. And uh, they figured about seven to 8 million paid out of this long shot, 85 to one. Uh, my cousin messaged me. She actually bet on that horse. Now it might've been $5, but still, at 80 to 1, that's $400. She said she had money on that uh, to strike. Well, I mean, if you went 10 across the board, they said you made like 1600 bucks. Yeah. Or do you get something <laughs> like that? I mean, come on, Fred. You know, and 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 I'll be honest with you. I mean, the, the two other horses at the end were the two favorites. Okay, so, so I mean, now if you threw that horse in with the two favorites on a, on a three, a, you know, a, an exacto or two. Wow. But, I mean, we saw the pictures today. Jacqueline and I saw all the derby pictures. And <laughs> by the way, the the, uh, the horse passed the drug test with uh, Churchill Downs. Not well, sure the it was a positive for the racing industry in that it shows that uh, almost any horse can win. Uh, now the negative is there will not be a race for the Triple Crown because, again, he's not running in the uh, second leg of the Triple Crown. Pimlico's next again, week. I'm Pimlico's sorry. Next week, the Preakness is next week in Pimlico. Hang on, we're taping this on Thursday, folks. So nine days from today would be the Preakness, and then what? Three weeks after that, the Belmont Preakness goes down from a, a mile and a quarter in the uh, Kentucky Derby to mile and three sixteenth, and then the then the Belmont, of course, goes up to the mile and a half. And again, maybe a Strike Rich is the horse that likes to come from behind. It certainly liked to come from behind and. Lexington last week. So we'll see. And I think, you know, we hear all these stories and a lot of them are true about uh, horses being beaten up and horses not being uh, cared for. Uh, Obviously the trainer and the owner want to make money on the horse, but I think they cared about the horse too. They didn't want to rush him back without preparing him for that. And and I think uh, you're talking millions and millions of dollars in stud fees. You let that horse do his thing. He already, he already, 
basically climbed Mount Everest to do what he did. So let him rest, get him prepared. I mean, the only thing I say is if you're running, you know, a furlong less, you know, I would think that wouldn't be as bad. But you do have, you know, all the to get the travel, everything to get comfortable, the track. There's a lot of factors. I think it in the end, it probably is is a wise move by the owners. All right. So the owners made a lot of money, but they didn't make as much money as Tom Brady. Uh, when do you think he's ever going to retire? He won that one by more than a nose. I think he re- <laughs> he galloped off into the sunset with three hundred seventy-five million Fox dollars. Wow. Uh, you know, whenever he does retire, he's got a nice gig to go into. You know, if he works forty times a year, it's like eight hundred thousand in experience. Yeah, he's amazing. TV twelve, not TV twelve. TV twelve. But okay, uh, but yeah, Brady's amazing. I, I got to feel bad for Romo and in, Aikman and well Collinsworth. I'll never feel bad for because I don't know how. But it, but, if, but if you're if you're Greg Olson, and uh-huh. maybe you're the and maybe you're the number one guy now at Fox, no matter how well you do, you're the number two guy as soon as Tom retires. Is that not the case? Yeah, but I mean, let's put it this way: Greg Olson, I like him. I think he, you know, in five or six years, he could ascend to be one of the, the top color analysts. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing the number two game on Fox every Sunday. I mean, you're bringing home three, four dollars. You've got, you know, commercial appeal. You're on TV. And, and he's a pretty wholesome guy. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm more concerned about who, has, who Fox has for play-by-play announcers. I mean, Fred, the play-by-play announcers, we've got four really good play-by-play announcers. But, you know, their average age uh, is pretty high. All right, so folks, you can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. The first thought I had was, obviously, Tom Brady's a sharp guy. But is he a type of guy that speaks up? If a quarterback makes a mistake or a wide receiver drops a pass he should have caught or a coach makes a mistake, can you imagine Tom Brady saying that on the air or not? You know, I... I think once you're out of the game, different perspective on things. I mean, he's going to have a lot of friends that he's talking about. So he's going to have to walk that fine line. But the one thing I think about Brady is, I think because of all the different things he's done on TV with his golf outings, he's starting to realize that it's all Playhouse 90. I mean, even him a couple of weeks ago when he came out and said, oh, the tuck, the tuck play was really a fumble, you know, and, Plus, the games he's playing a little bit like Phil Mickelson, you know, I'm going to retire. And then Arians, that whole kerfuffle happens. And now he says, I'm not retired. I mean, Brady Brady needs to stay busy. I'm more interested to see if Gronk comes back this year. And I'm hearing rumors that Edelman might want to play this year. Folks, what, he's been out two years now, right? It's pretty tough to come back after that period of time, I would imagine. but out every day anyway. Right, but I imagine that Brady's got the power to to uh, talk him into it. I think that would not be out I of the question. I think he has LeBron James power. Did you did you read the Times article about uh, about what uh, Jeannie Buss? And is there too many too many people throwing stuff in her ears? I just think that she listened to LeBron. I really do. I do think he's the general manager, not in title, but in reality. And they're talking about trading him. I would trade him in a heartbeat. I think we've got 37, 38 years of young players. Yeah. I would trade him. You still have what a lot of people consider healthy, which, (laughs) 
bubble wrap Davis. I mean, you know, if he plays in 75, well, that's right, 65 games next year, you know, you've got the, the, the makings of And I would keep Westbrook. I think without LeBron, I think Westbrook could actually be the facilitator for the young kids, get some shooters, get some, you know, some guys to play some D. I agree. I, you know, and, and I really don't care if LBJ goes to Golden State, but they will take it. I uh, saw a documentary a couple of days ago on Westbrook. He did it. I mean, he made it himself with his money. I thought it was excellent. I mean, they showed the negative, showed the positive. Not excellent. It was it was good. It was, it was a good documentary. LA media doesn't like Russell for whatever reason. I think he's a great guy. I mean, the LA media can be very, very bad on people. I don't know how that happens. But, you know, you've only you only have – well – you got four or five newspapers, but two that really matter. And, you know, I got all mad at the USA Today today because Chris, Christine Brennan popped off about Greg Norman again, saying he's despicable and he's this and he's that. He's 67 years old. He's made millions of dollars for children's charities. Been a great guy his whole life. He's not allowed to have, you know, a job with a new league. I mean, isn't this a free enterprise world, Fred, or or is it the PGA Tour-dominated world of Pravda? When I read that Phil Mickelson had lost $400 million in gambling, I wish – I mean, I thought I knew him a little bit. I've interviewed him a few times. Um, I mean, I, how would I know? But were you a little surprised? I mean, you wager, I wager, but I don't think we've lost $400 million. Fred, it was more like forty, but – Oh, 40, way, 40, 40 yeah. million. 400 40. million. He'd be, he'd be hanging out down there on La Cienega Boulevard with, with a tent right now. Four, 40 million. That's a lot of money, too. It is. It is. But, you know, Phil, Phil is – I've known Phil a long time. Uh, an old office that I worked at in Tempe, Arizona, used to be right next to the old TPC Karsten course at ASU. And I used to go over when I was at the time competing professionally – and I wanted to see what Phil was all about. We played a few times together. And Phil will bet on anything, just so you know. So this is not something that's new, and we're only getting a four-year snippet of what happened. All right? And, and he also likes to get good stock tips from what I hear as well. But that's neither here nor there. But the bottom line is he was suspended, Fred, and the PGA Tour just doesn't release those kind of things. And the PGA Championship, which is next week, has nothing to do with the PGA Tour. They have no they have no ability to sanction. Plus, he is the defending champion. So that's where we lie there. And Tiger wants to play, too. Now, if Tiger plays, that'll take a lot of the attention away from the Greg Norman, Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood, that whole kerfuffle with the NIL. What's with the NIL or NIV? Oh, L-I-V. NIL, L-I-V. i got to remember all these Folks, uh, what Artie's talking about is that Mark Emmert and the NCAA last year opened up the world to scams, opened up the world uh, for the athletes, student athletes, to make as money as much money as they could on the side, and the NCAA wouldn't be liable for any of the dough. Obviously, it's gone too far. Now the NCAA they're said, trying to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> you can't back. You can't backtrack at this point. I don't know what they're going to do. I think they've hurt the game so badly, football and basketball. And that's why 
uh, Emmert's going to be out. I mean, he already stepped down, but he was pushed out. I think he's in there for another year or so, but he's gone. And that's because he allowed this to happen or he pushed this to happen. You had to think going into it, this is insane. Now you have conglomerates who are basically getting together a bunch of sponsors. Then they're going to an athlete and saying, hey, we can give you a $2 million, $3 million. Well, the Texas A&M alumni have actually set this thing up where they've put a positional price on each player, first team wide receiver, first team quarterback, and you know, leave it to Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher for that one. But, you know, Fred, I got to tell you, the world of sports is, is much like the real world we live in. There's so much turmoil going on. There's so much lack of transparency when it comes to what people are really doing and saying. It's really hard to get a grip on it. I mean, I look at Philly tonight. Philly Is Philly going to come out and play against Miami, or are they, they going to do what they did in game five last week? You know, they didn't even show up. I mean, they you, when you lose by 40 in a game five of an NBA playoff series, you weren't really trying. I'm sorry. But, you know, but we do have some great series. You know, what's going on with, uh, you know, John Morant in Memphis, they play better without him than they play with him. And he's a great player. I can't figure that one out. The numbers bear it out. Uh, Golden State, you don't know what team's going to show up. You know, Chris Paul's shown, proven to me, that he is a potential Hall of Famer now. I mean, he's carrying this team pretty much on his own shoulders. Have you watched him play in the playoffs? Yeah, of course. Uh, I've got a guy who used to do talk shows, and we were very tight friends. And and now he's come out of the COVID thing. That's driven us apart. And now he thinks that the NBA is fixed. And I tried to get to him on Facebook by saying, a Chris Paul time, you mentioned Chris Paul particularly, and I said, here's a guy making $40 million. How much would they have to pay him to throw the game? Now, you could get somebody to throw the game if he's only making a million or two. But if he's only making a million or two, he can't dominate the game anyways. So he's not going to make that much of a difference. So my question is, a referee, I think, could fix a game. Obviously, with Tim, we've already oh, no, seen already that. Oh, they've already done few. that a few times over the years. We know that can happen. But what, what I'm saying no, is – Fred, you know, what people don't realize about the NBA is – Right now, the NBA, if you're going to watch pro basketball, and I joke, you call them the Chinese Basketball Association, but but they are the NBA. They're playing defense. Um, I'm upset because I don't think the guy that won Jokic should have won the MVP. That's just my personal opinion. Um, you know, I, I like to see at least a final eight team, a team that's a winning team, get the MVP, preferably somebody who gets to the finals. Just one of my little rules, but that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, the NBA right now is playing great basketball, and it's exciting. You know, the Celtics are down. They, they don't know what they're going to do. You know, Anson Canupo is, is playing like the, the other MVP candidate he is. So, I mean, they got to be real happy. I was bummed to hear about Bob Lanier, though. What a great guy. What a classic man. Size 22 shoe, you know. I mean, that's a big shoe. <laughs> 19... I was bummed to see that he passed away. He was a real little guy. I got to interview him a couple times. In 1970 at St. Bonnie, uh, they had a chance. They were in the Final Four. They lose to Jacksonville, and then Jacksonville uses to my, loses to my Bruins. But I only interviewed him once, but he seemed like a nice guy. Everybody seems to have loved him. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, at 72, now that's too young. And he, he really is uh, 
Folks, you want to email us right here on Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. All you have to do is sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. I want to talk a little baseball now. Um, attendance. USA Today had an article earlier in the week about attendance, and you've got the A's at the bottom at 7,800 per game, and the next closest at 20,000. Is there any chance they're staying in Oakland after that? You know, they, they say there's two places that uh, the president of the team, uh, Mr. Caval, the two places in Vegas he's looking at, and I think they're going to make that move. Um, I think they're forced to. Uh, you know, having 7,000 people a night is, is really not good. But league-wise, I, I wrote some numbers down. Toronto's up 60%. Miami's up 32%. They're playing good ball. They got a great pitching staff, good starters. Even Detroit's up 27%. The Dodgers are up 4% from 49,000 to 51,000. But the Angels, you think, you know, with the start they've had, they'd be doing better. You know, they're actually down 9% in, in, in attendance. Plus, they have those specials, which amazed me. Yankees are down as well. So, attendance in baseball. They're charging so much money, Fred, and they're oversaturating the airwaves and television baseball that I'm wondering if if 162 games is is too many games and the price of tickets are so exorbitant that the average fan who would, like on a Thursday night, go, hey, let's go out to the stadium and, and go to watch the game. Get off work at 5, 530. You know, like we used to drive by the – the great Italian restaurant on the way up the hill there, you know, and have a good time. I don't think people do that anymore, Fred. It's, it's, it's like a $400 outing. Okay, before we leave, uh, let's uh, top what you just said. Roy Firestone on Facebook this week, and I didn't know this happened or was happening. The Dodgers are having a dog day at Dodger Stadium. Not a hot dog day, a canine day. They're charging $90. And I believe the dogs can go on the field after the game. So you just said four and five hundred. Now please add ninety to that for a dog day. And if they're having a dog day, you know they're going to have a cat day. There's no question. What dog are the, do- the afternoon is Robert De Niro coming? What are the Dodgers thinking? Is there a point of no return where you say enough? Yeah, enough? I thought they were going to give away Farmer John hot dogs or something when you said they're having a dog day. No, and, he, and and Roy was serious. I thought he, when I was reading it, I thought he was kidding. He's not. Well, it's going to happen. Know, the pirates, the pirates have their you know their dog day, but they don't charge anybody any money to come to the game more than the regular ticket. Bring your dog in, you know. They got water stations, and but the Dodgers, hey, you got it. It goes back to uh, what was the guy's name? Goodman. What was his first name? Who now? Uh, the old the, the Goodman, the old promotions guy for the Dodgers. Oh, uh, bobblehead uh, day. Yeah. Was it Wally Goodman or Irv Benny? I'm trying to think. Okay. His last name was Goodman. He was the the master marketing guy. Yeah. It was some night, every night, every city in Southern California was honored. And they had sounds. They were trying to sell tickets. And, you know, I. So before we go, and I mentioned this to you before the show, on uh, earlier this week, uh, it was a Tuesday night. Detmers of the Angels throws a no-hitter. But to me, that wasn't the highlight. The highlight, watching 
Rendon of the Angels against the outfielder Phillips for Tampa, hitting left-handed and hitting a 400-foot home run. You indicated he did that five times when he was with the the, the Nationals. Nationals. He did, he, I think he was one for five with a base hit. But, I mean, he never hit one out. But, I mean, that's phenomenal. And it just goes to show you that these guys are multi-talented. And, you know, he, he toyed with the idea five, six years ago of being a switch hitter. But, you know, he felt like he hit the ball well enough from right-handers and uh, he feasts on left-handers. So, I mean, you know, that's the way that goes. But, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for the Angels and the fact that they're they're in a great position. And Trout's off to a good start. No, Tommy's kicking in. You know, hey, it would be awfully neat to have a freeway series, World Series, for all those people in Los Angeles. And I just remembered Goodman's first name, Danny Goodman. Danny Goodman, there you go. Danny Goodman. From Walla Walla, Washington to Kalamazoo. Final comment for uh, today's uh, show right here on Believe Sports Business Sports Media. From you, Art Source, final comment. Tom Brady, call me. We need to talk. You want to be his agent. I think he already has an agent, though. I don't um, even want to be his agent. I just want to be his buddy. <laughs> all, right, all right, quickly, quickly. Over or under? One year, two years, or three years? How many years do you think Brady plays? I think he's going to play this year at Tampa Bay and maybe one year somewhere else. Miami. So two. Maybe Miami. Miami. Yeah. If he gets 5% of the team from Stephen Ross, who may have to be forced to give up 5% of the team. All right, we will talk tomorrow on Sports Overnight America. Mario, thank you for putting the show together right here. Believe Sports Business, Sports Media. He's Art. I'm Fred. See you next week across America and around the world. Bye, everybody.